Hello, friend. It's great you've joined me once again for some time in the Word of God. My name is Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church, and I would just like to pray a little bit before we get into today's message. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for uh, giving us this time together. I pray now as we open your word that you would speak. And Lord, that there would be so much more of you and so much less of me. Through Christ I come. Amen. Today we'll continue to hear from another severely underpreached book of the Bible. Yet this must be one of the most fun books of the Bible to say. Habakkuk. One teacher I heard once in the Bible in 90 Days class curriculum pronounced his name Habakkuk. But no matter how you say it, the name has a fascinating meaning. Have you ever heard it? The name Habakkuk actually means one who embraces, or perhaps in the modern vernacular, we would say a hugger. I wonder if there are any huggers out there right now listening. This is definitely a prophet who needed a hug. He was caught in between a historical rock and hard place. His people were being unfaithful to God, even after a time of renewal. This prompted him to cry out to God for help, only to have God answer with what he didn't want to hear. I wonder, have you ever been in that situation? You've got a problem. God gives you a solution, but you don't want it. Well, that's where Habakkuk is. So he cries out to God again. He was a little different in his prophecy in that he didn't bring a message to Israel or Judah. He didn't bring a word to a foreign nation or some evil power. No, he took his complaint directly to God, much like King David did in the Psalms. This prophet Habakkuk was quite mysterious. We don't know much about his history or family. Some believe that he may have been the son of the Shunammite woman, who Elisha raised from the dead. You can look that up in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8-37. through 37. But the timeline would match up. If this is the case, it's no wonder he felt he could appeal to God and God alone. He had known on a profoundly personal level the power of God, and his ability to turn around a hopeless situation. Now, this is where I come to the point of our sermon. Sometimes I call it the sermon in six seconds. It's just something that capsulizes uh, what I'm trying to communicate in our time together. If you want to jot it down, I think it could be helpful. The point is simply this. God works in mysterious ways, but always for our good and his glory. God works in mysterious ways, but always for our good and his glory. Now I'm going to have you open your Bibles to this tiny little book 
with a tremendous message. If you have a, a student Bible like we have at Smithville Mennonite, it's on page 971. This is the fifth from the last book in the Old Testament. Okay, so you're going to try and find it towards the back of your Old Testament. Uh, going backwards, if you go to the Gospel of Matthew, the beginning of your New Testament, you would go Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai, Zephaniah, and there's Habakkuk. I hope you can get there because that's where I'm going to start in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Again, I'm in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received, verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so justice is perverted. Now, I usually give you subpoints for the text that I read. And so this is your first subpoint for chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Again, if you'd like to jot these down, uh, you can start to construct a little outline, and sometimes that's helpful. So your first subpoint is this There are times you just say, What? Or why? There are times you just say, what or why? Then your application question. Are there situations that are just boggling your mind right now? Are there situations in your life right now that are just mind boggling to you? You can't figure it out. You don't know why things are happening. You know, I marvel at how these prophets speak words that can be so relevant for today. Even though they were written 2,500 years ago, you should read those four verses whenever you get done watching the news today and know that we are not the first people disturbed by current events in our society. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. What goes around comes around. Or as Ecclesiastes, that wise book, would say, there's nothing new under the sun. So what are we to do when we see all this mess around us? One of the better tactics I've learned in the face of mess is to stop and simply say, what? What just happened? What is the actual situation? Can we see the fire or just the smoke? Take a deep breath and see the problem for what it is. Then present the problem to God in the form of why questions 
just like Habakkuk did. You can ask God in prayer things like this. Why is this happening? You can even make it personal. You could say something like, Why am I, or one I love, hurting so badly? Why is this getting worse and not better? Why are we so hopeless and helpless in the current situation? God, why aren't you doing anything? Now, I want to encourage you to be careful with that last question. God, why aren't you doing anything? Because that one can trigger God to reveal what he's doing, and you might not like it. Or you may find yourself, much like Habakkuk, on what seems to be hold with God. Now I'm going to move over to chapter 2 and read you verses 1 through 3. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Verse 3, watch this. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Here's your fill-in for, uh, or I should say your sub-point for chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. God will often say, wait. God will often say, wait. Remember, your first point was, there are times you just say, what? Or why? Now your sub point is, God will often say, wait. Can I just ask you a rather difficult question? How patient are you? Or to be more specific, how patient are you for answers from God? You know, one of the most frustrating things God relentlessly tries to develop in his children is patience. I am still amazed at the number of tractors I encounter on hills when I'm running late in my car. Or Amish buggies in Holmes County that pull right out in front of me when I have meetings that I'm rushing to. Or how I can consistently pick the longest line at the checkout or the drive through when it comes to the wait. Look hard at verse 3. This is a tough verse. Though it linger, it will not delay. Now hold up. Doesn't linger mean delay? Friend, from God's eternal perspective, the answer is no. We have a, a wonderful sign out in front of our church building, and I usually put out things that I call sign sermons. 
and one I need to remember all the time is this. Maybe you need to remember it too. It goes like this. God may not come when you want, but he's always on time. God may not come when you want, but he's always on time. Friend, this goes back to the eternal perspective of time that God has and we need. This is where we really need to embrace some God words, I'll call them, in regular conversations, or at least in our prayers, that submit us to God's timing. What words am I talking about? How about this one? Lord willing. Well, that's more of a phrase than just a word, but Lord willing. That's short for if it's God's will. That phrase, Lord willing. Again, it means if it's God's will. That puts the what and the when of God's will in his hands. Another word we should use is Godspeed. Godspeed. This is an old word that I love. It literally means to go at God's speed. No faster or slower than he wants you to go. It's also a blessing that speaks of safety in travels. You can wish or pray God's speed to anyone or any journey that you take. Oh, friends, I wish we would dump the phrase, good luck. Uh, wish a person God's speed. That's what they really need. In times of crisis, we are often helped to develop patience. And that's a good thing. Or there may be a grander purpose to the crisis. God could have brought you into a crisis to help you avoid a greater disaster just down the road. You know, not too many weeks ago, we had a dear brother share uh, during our testimony time um, on Father's Day. We were talking about how our fathers have helped us out or, or inspired us. And he actually talked about the Heavenly Father, God the Father, doing something that was actually a bit of a crisis that caused a delay. He was on a trip and he was in a rush. He wanted to get there and he had a flat tire. Well, it wasn't uh, long after that that he realized he wasn't going to get there. And so he had to stop at a hotel overnight. Well, the next day he went to where he would have been had he not had the flat tire and a tornado had ripped through the place that he would have been. He saw all the wreckage and he said, oh my goodness, you know, God stopped me. God slowed me down. God took me at God's speed and, it, and I avoided a catastrophe. You know, Maybe the crisis you are in right now is actually protecting you from a greater one on ahead. You know, can we, like Habakkuk, wait at our station? Can we trust God that indeed will linger but not delay? I believe when we do, we can begin to see his sufficiency and our hope 
through the darkness and despair. Oh, friends, please listen to these next few verses. They are so powerful. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. I'm sorry, did I tell you where to go? Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. I'll start over again. Uh, Again, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Verse 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And an end note on that verse for the director of music on my stringed instrument. Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, your subpoint is this. In the end, pray you can say, yet I will. In the end, pray you can say, just like verse 18, yet I will. I need to ask you just two, two little questions that play off of each other. Uh, the first one is, What makes it hard for you to rejoice? And then your rhyming application question. Can you make the choice to rejoice? Can you make the choice to rejoice? On top of waiting for the answer, in poor Habakkuk's situation, there was an answer that he didn't really want. You know, we are often willing to wait for the right answer, but for the wrong answer... We don't want to wait. This is the rub. God's people in Habakkuk's time are being so bad that God's going to send an invading army of Babylonians to defeat and exile his people. Oh, friends, this is not good news. Habakkuk goes into great detail about how bad these Babylonian people are in the previous verses. They're cruel, calculated, rich and greedy, powerful and proud. These are not the enemies you want coming into your country to take you over. This is a worst case scenario. I wonder, have you ever felt like you are in a worst case scenario? The realization of your worst nightmare The hard reality that you don't want to see, but now it's in front of you. You know, friends, I've sat with many people over the years that have faced disappointments and outright disasters. That sometimes I wondered, oh my goodness, could this ever get worse? Then in my own life, we have faced issues that have brought us to our knees. We have cried and still do over things that hurt us deeply only to find more hurt is on the way. 
Have you ever been to that point where you don't even want good things to happen because you anticipate the bad is coming right after it? So why should you even get up if you're only going to fall down again? And next time, you might fall even further and it might hurt even worse. Oh, friend, that is a dangerous place for your soul to find itself. This is where the hope of God needs to be found. This is where Habakkuk gives us the golden verse someone needs to hear today because in it there is a turnaround. There is a way through the darkness. Look hard at verse 17. First, the list of disappointments, the dangers that are devastating, poverty and hunger are on the horizon, sadness and hopelessness are rolling in. But what is the response? Look hard at verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You know, someone needs to just stop right here and pray that right now. Take that verse in your Bible, underline it, highlight it in your head. That's a comfort and courage verse that you should memorize. Friend, may I suggest that's spiritual ammunition. You can shoot at the devil when he shoots at you. When the devil says, see, God doesn't really care about you. You respond with verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. When you hear or see the news that it seems the world is falling apart, you can respond with verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. When you are sitting in the doctor's office and the word is not good and in your heart, I hope you will say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You know, what is your current situation where you need to say or pray this verse? Now, you might say, sure, Todd, you read this in your Bible and you want me to say it, but what difference will it really make? You know, who really does this anyway? First off, Jesus quoted Old Testament scripture all the time. When he was so stressed, he said things like, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said things like, Man shall not live on bread alone, or do not put the Lord your God to the test. That's all Old Testament scripture that Jesus quoted. But then there are also those people that I have walked through crushing times of pain, fear, and disappointment. And in the middle of that mess, many times they will cling to a verse just like that. A verse that they have been given. And so they hide those verses in their hearts. And then when the hard times come, they bring them out. You know, I have a list of trust and peace verses that was shared with me years ago by a lady in our congregation. And I've posted them on my blog. Uh, just this week, someone said, I never even knew you had a blog. We'll go to our website, smc585.org. And then scroll down to the Just So You Know blog button and click on it. 
and you'll see these verses in the latest post. They're called Jenny O's Trust and Peace Verses. Now, they have blessed so many people, and I think they could bless you. But let me finish out with verse 19. Look at it closely. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go to the heights. Let me ask you this. Do you ever feel bogged down? Do you ever feel like there's lead in your feet or rocks in your head? Or your whole body is just wrapped in a cold, heavy, wet blanket? Oh, friend, this, this is your verse. You know, the other week I was on a bike ride and I came up on some deer and they looked at me for a moment. Then they bounded away and I just stood there watching how gracefully yet powerfully they took off. You know, that's how we can escape trouble in this world. This is what it means to go to the heights you know, there's a song we sing that embodies this verse, and I'll close with it. It's on page number 582 in your red Mennonite hymnal, but it's in many other hymnals as well. You can look it up online. It's called Higher Ground, also known as I'm Pressing on the Upward Way. And this, this again I believe is what, what is meant by this scripture of, of going to the heights. Listen, listen to these words. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where those abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled, for faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost heights and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven I've found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My challenge question for you as we pray are these. What makes it hard for you to rejoice? Can you make the choice to rejoice? I hope you will. Even today, let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the prophet Habakkuk and the words you inspired him to write, and he faithfully wrote down, and that we can go into your word, Lord, and find hope, 
and find a way to higher ground. Lord, someone is struggling. Someone is struggling in the low ground. Someone is in a bad place right now. Lord, would you lift them up? Would you help them to uh, speak out the words, what is going on? And then bring why questions to you. Lord, would you give them patience to wait on you and your timing? Lord, take them at God's speed. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help them, even in the midst of the fear, even in the midst of the pain, to be able to make the choice to rejoice, knowing that you will bring them through in the end. Lord, thank you for your great faithfulness to us. Now I pray that you would bless those who are listening right now and give them your peace. I pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen.